Stereo. Inspiration. Hey, welcome back to Unchained Inspiration. I am your host, Reese Seven. Today's episode is It's an Outlet. I'm on the road this week. I got to do my very first road trip to a podcast that I listen to and has been an influence in getting me started in the whole art of conversation with others that I find inspiring. And so I'm sitting down today with the hosts of Nothing in Particular, Jesse and James Newfeld. They are my nephews. And over the last while, I've had the opportunity to watch these two young men sit down and routinely make sure that they have a conversation about, ironically, nothing in particular each week. And, but what inspired me about it was, wasn't so much the subject matter. It is the spirit of getting together and keeping a routine going and producing something that they love. And it fuels and fosters uh, their look to the world and kind of how they interpret it. They're young men that live in Southern Alberta that are just trying to make sense of the craziness that's happening in the world and are drawn to all sorts of things. The subject matter is, I'll warn everyone, is not for the faint at heart, but it is a great glimpse to culture with young men in Southern Alberta and kind of what they prioritize and value and where they're going. And I really, I feel so lucky to be able to take this podcast into their space. And so I'm trying to, with this podcast, echo their flavor and sound and everything that their podcast has and just have a great conversation with these two inspiring guys. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Pretty good. How are yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Great. I'm so excited that I was able to do the road trip your way this time and instead of you coming my way. Well, both ways are fine with me. The studio at your place has a good vibe to it as well, so... It's different. So we're sitting here in your space. So how would you describe to all of our listeners what it looks like and feels like in your space here? Well, to put it bluntly, it's a mess. Um, we It's a a living space and a studio. There is... uh, recycling everywhere there is uh laptops and recording equipment everywhere there is uh our hobby equipment everywhere we use the space for a lot of things but also it's a good vibe it's a homely like very relaxing vibe because you can be comfortable in here right that's kind of how the vibe i think portrays it yeah it's kind of a mess and it's kind of dirty but like i mean it's homey (laughs) you can tell (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, it's definitely lived in and I appreciate it. There's what I really like about the space is like I'm sitting here across the g- garage here looking at you two and I can't help but think of Bob and Doug McKenzie. <laughs> you got the little table in front of you. It's cluttered with your laptop, speakers, uh, recording mic for your podcast, ashtrays, drinks. It's It's got that kind of dorm feel of a student type of living. Yet, you guys are students of life rather than schools of an education institute. Right. Because I feel like there's only so much you can learn from being in a classroom. You have to experience life in order to actually truly learn the concepts that they give you in school. So, 
there's kind of got to be a healthy mix of both. And granted, we've both been out of, well, actually, Jamie's been going to college the last couple of years. Um, but, I mean, I haven't been in school for probably five now or close to six, but that's just because I want to get the life experience. And having the recency of being in a post-secondary institution classroom, it I can honestly echo that statement that while there is a there is an immense amount of value in what you can learn in the classroom, in other facets, what you learn outside of the classroom in the world is arguably on a similar level in terms of its influence. Well, absolutely. Like it's going to definitely shape you guys as you go through an experience. So what kind of prompted the two of you to actually launch the podcast? Honestly, I had been listening to like uh, just I had probably a list of eight or nine podcasts that I listened to regularly. I would I was caught up on all of them waiting each week for each of their episodes, right? But because I had so many, I had one for each day of the week so I could listen to a new one every day pretty much. And I'm like, well, I really like the uh, the podcast setup. It's kind of radio based, which is what I was into if I wanted to go to school. Uh, but it's also like free form and you can do what you want. You don't have to follow the rules of like, say, a, a radio station, right? Because they put their own rules and broadcasting. Uh, right. Broadcast standards. In. Exactly. With podcasts, you're, it's creator's choice, right? We can put out whatever we want and whoever listens to it, listens to it. And whoever doesn't, doesn't. And I really like the, uh, the freedom of it. You know, it's a, you're able to express yourself as freely and openly and authentically as you can and you know people don't have to like it that's fine because this is at the end of the day what we want to create it's what we want to put out right this it's not influenced <laughs> this isn't an act we're being genuine here because i find or we find i guess that just being real with someone from the start you will much more easily find the people that are worth surrounding yourself with because the people that can't handle your honesty, you're, like the people that can't handle you being as honest as you can possibly be don't need to be around you. I, I definitely can appreciate that statement. Uh, do you ever consider what you're putting out? Like, do you ever worry that the content that you're putting out right now that might affect your future selves? I mean, maybe for a second, but at the end of the day, everything that we say that might is it's said as a joke, right? Everything that we, it's for shock value. It's to see what kind of reaction we get, right? So kind of, but also not really, because at the end of the day, I can explain everything that I've said. <laughs> now, James, you went to school. What are you going to school for? Well, I started in uh, CIT, which was uh, Computer Information Technologies, and... The, most recently, I transferred into the Multimedia Production Program. And you're currently enrolled in that program? I'm currently not involved at the Institute as a whole, but I do have plans to return. Okay. Uh, and so what do you hope to like garner and gain from being part of the Multimedia Program? Well, to be honest, since I was 12 years old, I've wanted to be 
involved in the development and creation of video games. It's been a huge influence on me my entire life. I mean, within within a year of being born, like I'm a few months old and I'm trying to play Mario Brothers on the original Nintendo. <laughs> it, you guys make such an interesting team. There's a very weird juxtaposition, even though we're brothers yeah absolutely like so i've had the opportunity to go on a road trip with you jesse and that road trip was really insightful on getting to know you uh as an adult and just understanding that you really value education i you were the first person i've ever traveled with that decided that we had to stop at all the roadside signs just to read them just to understand what historical value that spot in the world has nerd like (laughs) yeah and i love it and I, I find it great as an educator myself, it's, you've got this, these resources that are literally on the side of the road and most of us rip by them at a hundred kilometers an hour, not thinking twice. Don't down. even give them a second glance. Right. You see the signs that say, you know, a uh, uh, point of interest or something and you're like, yeah, right. <laughs> at, at first I thought you just wanted to stop and have a cigarette each time. Kind of, but also I wanted to read the I wanted to read the things right. Like we were in the mountains, the Rocky Mountains of Alberta, and I love the mountains. If I could live there, I would. Um, and so I wanted to know the history of the land, right? Like I wanted to know, you know, if there were native tribes that lived on this land that now we occupy. I wanted to know if there were any natural disasters, like Frank Slide. If there was, you know, what the actual what this land, this dirt, the stories it could tell if it could talk, right? And that's what these signs do, essentially. Yeah, and so we've got you, who's kind of this this secret advocate for academics and history and culture. And then we mesh that with James' love and desire for technology. And it's... At first, I couldn't figure out what you guys had this interest in podcasting for. And when, when I step back and kind of think of the two of you together as a team, it makes a lot of sense and it's really exciting. It, it does make sense because you, if you have like the uh, creative side, I'll say, and then like the, the uh, logical side, right, uh, they kind of mesh together to create a full solid unit, right? So I understand when you step back and you look at it from that perspective, yeah, it does make a good team. <laughs> yeah, it really does. So not all the stories that you guys share on your podcast are represent that. But it's so funny, I always know when I listen to your podcast weekly that I have a chuckle because you always reference Jamie as, and I, I, sorry Jamie, I always have to call you James. I just, I feel comfortable calling you James. That's Uh, fine, I'd actually almost prefer more people address me that way at at this point. So what what I like about it is you guys don't ever really fall back on Google because you have Jamie. Yeah, (laughs) Jamie is our Google. It's, he's our walking Wikipedia encyclopedia, but it's, you know, real life, not on a computer. (laughs) So how do you retain all that information? I don't know. I just do it. (laughs) Now, like, do you just, do you get this information from listening to it? Or like for me, if I had, if I can visually see something either through text or a video, I'll retain it. But if I just have to listen to it, it's kind of a one-off if I'm going to actually retain it for a long period of time. I guess it's more so just uh, routinely coming back to that information until it just sticks. And so it's repetitiveness. Yeah. It's uh, repetition is what you need in order to memorize things. Yeah. Kind of like muscle memory for your brain. 
pretty much. That'd be a, that's actually a really good way of describing it. Okay. Well, something I definitely need to work at because I'd love to have some of the knowledge you have. Like I, I know sitting down with you guys watching hockey, uh, it was last season we were sitting there and all of a sudden there was some, some really unique moment that had happened. And of course me not retaining the information, uh, don't remember what it exactly was, but I do remember James, you just kind of shouting out that this happened 50 years ago with this player on this team. And it was like 10 minutes later, the commentary on the television literally supported exactly what you had just spewed off in seconds. Yeah. I mean, I've done a lot of uh, research into the history of uh, the Edmonton Oilers. And hockey in general. Well, yeah. So it's... Because of those long hours of just trying to find as much information as I could, it just, I don't know, I guess I just soaked it up like a sponge and just held on to it. When you guys are doing this podcast, it's it, it's interesting to me because I'm just thinking now that like, uh, obviously this is a new point of interest. And if you're invested in these interests as much as you are in like hockey and video games, where do you guys plan to take this podcast? Like, do you guys have any thought of where it's going to go? And like, maybe what what were you hoping to get from the shock value of what you talk about? Uh, literally just a reaction. That's it. Like, I want to see how people react to what you say, right? I am a very weird person in that I perform like social experiments, like for myself, right? Like just to see, like, all right, what do these people value by how they interact with me, right? So if I say something kind of, you know, off-collar, which is kind of, you know, iffy, you know, not 100% PC, how are they going to respond? Are they going to respond with a joke back to kind of, like, make it not awkward? Or are they going to get offended and yell at me? Because I can handle both situations. I just want to see what comes up. <laughs> okay. And is that where you're wanting to still take it? Like, is this a social experiment? Kind of, but also, no. It's more so, like, the, our podcast, uh, the way we uh, portray it, in my opinion, is this is basically our diary, right? So, like, we are telling stories of why we are the way we are. Uh, we're telling stories to uh, explain to people we're not your average, you know, 20-something, you know, adults. We've seen and heard and done some stuff that, you know, a lot of people that are in their 40s and 50s haven't even done, right? So it's it's trying to educate people on the fact that not everybody is as they seem. Uh, you can never judge a book by its cover. Just because somebody is young doesn't mean they are not wise. Just because someone is old doesn't mean they are, Right. Like, it's a, it's a juxtaposition to society. This is us saying, uh, screw you to everything because we will put out what we want to put out and we will take all our percussions. <laughs> Have and you ever considered taking courses in, like, uh, sociology? Maybe once or twice. <laughs> I, I think that that's something that would really interest you, especially if you're on the kind of that cusp of just seeing what's socially acceptable and normal and kind of playing with that that challenge of like what is acceptable by general standards because i know a friend of mine has this book of basically all the different hand si signals 
of the world. And it's funny, like we'll give each other the thumbs up as saying, hey, that was great. Good job. Right. You go to a different country and that's equivalent to us giving them the middle finger. Right. Just the difference in uh, in um, symbolism and that kind of stuff. <laughs> I would more... I would more uh, equate that to a difference in culture. Well, absolutely it is. And that's why I just feel with Jesse's interest in kind of like studying the world around him, I really feel that sociology, if he could get onto like a simple one course online thing that he would do just once a week for a couple hours, I think he would actually really enjoy it. I might look into that actually. I just like, I just like to see how people are, right? Like... People are weird, and I know that I am a very... I try to remain calm and even in pretty much all scenarios, and I'm a very relaxed person, but I want to see if other people are as relaxed, right? I want to just see how people are. <laughs> you know? It's, it's, I couldn't really explain it. I just like to know things. James, what's your direction with this podcast? Because, like, I know Jesse's. He's doing this as a bit of a social experiment. What, what do you gain from this? Effectively, it's a form of therapy for me. I've seen some things in my formative years that uh, I kind of wish sometimes I hadn't seen. Um, basically, I had three or four of my peers in my high school years pass away in as many years from varying causes. And just seeing that type of a gut punch effectively happens so frequently and with such consistency at that early of an age it and just seeing the impact that each one of those blows had on the school itself kind of left an impression on me that I think is still quite prevalent to this day. Okay so now were these your personal friends or just associates? At school? Just associates but it, it was more, like I said, it, it was more the um, seeing how hard it hit the school community as a whole. Because I'm, I'm a very empathetic person. I am mm. heavily affected by the emotion and the energy of the people around me. And so I'm uh, really, I might be a really good example of... Uh, someone who is influenced by their environment. So if I'm, if I'm in a toxic environment, for example, it's going to be harmful for me to be there. Whereas if it's the right kind of situation, it's going to help me. Okay. So this podcast, it's, you feel it's helping you? Yeah, because I feel like uh, just having this place that's always there where I can just let the negativity out as opposed to, like, it's an outlet. Mm -hmm. Let the negativity out so that it doesn't end up... Um, Repressed and harming you later on. Yes. It's a way to express uh, the frustrations and stuff creatively that's not, you know destructive right like lots of people will get frustrated and punch a wall or mm. you know throw throw their hands in their pillow or scream into their pillow or something or but something i've done in the past you... was literally punch a hole in a door like 
But if you can find a way to creatively express yourself and still get all of those negative energies out, then it's a lot more healthy for your mental state and it's a lot healthier for your surroundings. So I like the fact that you kind of are basically honoring these young young people that have passed away in the idea that you're still living and you're getting together with friends every week that you can have these conversations kind of to keep that spirit alive and, and recognize the importance of really kind of embracing the now. Yeah, He's talking I mean... to you, Jamie, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but he's reflecting. He like, yeah. this is what I always I really appreciate with James is like, you don't know if he's actually listening to some of it, but then he's, he sits there quiet for a couple of minutes, really processes what you have to say and gives a thoughtful answer. And that's what I always love to hear from him. Well, I've said this before on one of our previous episodes and I'll say it here. There were times where I was contemplating suicide and I, I had always, I don't know, kind of gone in with maybe more sound mind than what you would typically see from someone who's uh, contemplating it. But I, my thought process, whatever it was, uh, it always, it always brought me back out of it. And it was like, okay, how, if I do this, how is this going to affect whoever else? Okay, they'll actually care, and the, and that usually brought me out of it in the earlier years, and eventually it evolved into a feeling of like, okay, I can't afford to, like, I can't let myself do this, because there are people that were in or around my age that didn't make it this far. I need to keep going for them. Mm -hmm. I need to... I need to keep living to live a life what was cut all too short for them. I need to just make sure I don't forget them. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Like, you are a lot younger than I was when I... So I've lost two very, very dear and close friends. They were basically the foundation of my formidable years of being a teenager, going through the high school experience. Uh... And their lives got cut very short due to health complications. And it was really upsetting. And for years, they both passed away around the Christmas season that I refused to celebrate Christmas. It was just so upsetting because normally I would be getting together with them on, on those holidays because school would be out. We would have more time. We'd often go to movies together or just hang out in the living room, visiting, talking, uh, doing art. It was it, it, it's two friendships that I miss dearly every day, but I like how you've reframed it that you can't stop living because you're missing your friends. These uh, relationships that we form that are so special, it would be a huge disservice to them and yourself to stop living and just kind of throw in the towel. That I, I like the fact that you remind yourself that you have to keep living for the fact that you have that luxury of living. Live to honor the memory of those around you that didn't make it this far. Right, because no one, none of your friends would have wanted you to stop living. No. No, and, I, and I have friends today that would be absolutely torn apart by it if I did it now. So I have, I have people around me that 
help me stay out of that place. So in the future, what's going to happen if the format of your guys' podcast changes? I know you kind of dabbled with it last week about the idea of like restructuring the name of it right. and, and everything. And it it's fun to listen how you guys are kind of looking to evolve your podcast. I'm just curious if if you change the format of your podcast, will will that affect you, James? No, it really won't because I've been quite interested just to see the natural evolution because if you think about where we started, yeah, we're not far, we're not too far away from that now in terms of just the space, but I feel like the quality of what we're putting out every week, the product itself has just continued to evolve and get better over time and changing the format, I think would be an interesting natural path of evolution in terms of the quality of the product, what you hear on the other end of it. Well, and if you guys are making it an audio journal or a diary, as you put it, I, for me, I started this whole process as an audio journal to improve myself artistically and which then kind of morphed into this idea of like honoring the inspiration around me and then kind of developing a larger tool uh, box with different tools and understanding the power of each tool that I bring into the toolbox and how it really can help the world around me, not only myself, but those that I value and, and appreciate. And obviously there's people that I've never met that might take insight or have some insight on this end, which is helping them out. And that that's fantastic. And I love that idea. Uh, you guys have started, you guys started on that whole process of just starting. And that was the catalyst to me to just get going, just get, get busy. Like I come from a film background, as I've told Jesse that like, I know how to use the equipment. I don't know why I haven't bothered to sit down and just do it. You guys gave me the inspiration of you guys didn't know what you were doing and you made it happen. And that's the spirit that I, I really appreciate from you two is you don't know what the next day is going to bring, but you are going for it regardless. Well, you never, well, like you said, you never know what the next day is going to bring, whether it's a podcasting or just, you know, day to day, regular life. So, and we did it because well, we like it, right? Like we all loved listening to podcasts. Thank you, Joe Rogan. He's the reason why I wanted to start one. Uh, just have that nice little like setup. Uh, be able to freely do your thing, chat with some interesting people, learn some things, uh, exchange ideas, that kind of thing. But also talk about personal experiences at the same time, right? Like I said, it's a diary at the same time. Mm -hmm. So. Um, yeah, but we didn't, yeah, like you said, we didn't know anything. I'm like, I need a microphone, I need a recording software, and we're good to go. And we'll see what, what we need. We'll learn as we go and improve as we as we learn more. <laughs> I, I've always kind of made it my priority that because you guys were so influential on in me getting started in podcasting, that I made sure that you guys were kind of, you're always the first. Uh, if I try something new, I try to make it that you guys are the first. Because I know you guys are always open and excited to see what new things happen. So the very first recording I did of Unchained Inspiration, Jesse, you came to Medicine Hat. You sat down with me in studio. We had this fantastic conversation. It went well past an hour. 
And in the editing process, I lost and flatlined everything. And it was this horrible fail on my end that I literally felt that my stomach had fallen out of my body. It was horrible. And so in a panic, I had to call up other friends and bring them in. At Christmas time, I did my 12 podcasts of Christmas. And you were my first little phone call out into the world through the mixing board. And it went really well. It was a good first attempt. I loved it. And now you guys are officially my first travel podcast and setup. And as you guys saw today, when we were setting up the podcast, there's little pieces of equipment that I'm missing here and there, but we improvise. And it's, it's the first time, right? You, you got to iron out the kinks. <laughs> yeah. And there's something to be said about not giving up and adapting to the challenges of the everyday. Now, with my podcast, I always like to throw out there that because I'm under the umbrella company of Studio 7 where collaboration inspires creativity, I always love to connect with everyone and see where we can collaborate. The first time we got together, we collaborated about kind of coming up with a bit of a logo for your guys' podcast, which you've been using fairly regularly. We've used it for every single episode since you've submitted it. Oh, that's uh, awesome. It's now our... Uh, cover photo on all of our or our uh, episode art for every episode that we upload. So every time you open Spotify, you'll see that logo. Uh, it's the actual profile picture. Uh, I think we had changed it on Facebook and Instagram. Like we use it for everything. <laughs> wow, that's awesome, guys. So I naturally just want to see where is the next step of collaborating together because I know we've got. There's got to be something because we're both. All three of us are very creative-minded people that are wanting to kind of like see where this whole journey of podcasting takes us. So any thoughts on where I could help you guys collaborate? I have quite a few, but so I'll let Jamie go first. <laughs> well, one thing for me is just like um, production quality knowledge. Just like how can we produce a better podcast at the end of the day? Okay, so... Well, how about we kind of unpack what podcasting is? So anyone listening that would be interested in creating their own podcast could kind of use our kind of crude little blueprint of podcasting to kind of set themselves up for what equipment they need. You can get a uh, quote-unquote beginner's point of view instead of like, let's say, a Joe Rogan or a Adam Curry or somebody that's been doing podcasts for quite a while. Well, they also have a production team and, yes. and they have a budget to work with. Exactly. Um, unfortunately, we're a group of guys that don't have much for a budget and so we're kind of... Working class, got to... <laughs> got to spend what we can and save what we can as well <laughs> yeah absolutely so well i'll start with my end first so i approached you guys because i needed help coming up with a way of kind of doing this podcast and i didn't know how to do it so i asked what are you guys what is an rss i had no idea what that was and if you're interested in podcasting you need to understand that you have to be able to upload your audio files to a platform that will distribute it out to places like spotify apple podcast google podcast overcast breaker all these places so you guys pointed me in which direction we pointed you towards a uh, a host service called anchor uh, which required an RSS feed. Uh, you can need to create a profile and that kind of stuff. But what it does is it you upload your audio file to this service and it uh, distributes your uh, podcast to every uh, platform that you have an RSS feed from. 
right? So what an RSS feed is, is basically it's the actual internet code that links uh, your episode to the internet. So you can actually find said link to go to the uh, website, to go to the episode in, you know, specifically that one that you've uploaded uh, so that you can, you know, essentially broadcast your stuff to the world. But you need to register in other platforms as well, so it's kind of a, a, a older service, but it works for, uh, for beginners. Okay. So. It was really valuable information for me. My next step that I had to figure out, once I had kind of secured myself on Anchor.fm, which is a fantastic free site to use, I then needed to know how are you guys editing these audio bytes? And we gave you uh, the recording software that we used, which was Audacity, and basically you just record your stuff, listen over, and you can highlight certain sections, you can mute, you can cut, you can do all sorts of stuff, and we kind of had a bit of a, uh, almost a tutorial period when I came for the podcast uh, at your place, just kind of like, okay, well, here's what you're doing, this is what this does, this is what that does, and, you know, you can play around with these effects and whatever else after the fact, right? So... It was really good because I was able to take my video editing knowledge and kind of cross over into that area and not have too much of a challenge. You don't need to be that tech savvy or have any of those skills no. because the software is quite simple and straightforward. You import your audio that you need to edit, you export, you save it. It's quite simple. Uh, there's some tools there that if you go onto YouTube, they will definitely clear any questions up. If they you have, have a them. whole series, a whole tutorial mm -hmm. series on every single individual like menu for Audacity. So, so anything you want to know, you can find out very easily. Okay, so now what's great is we already got our RS uh, feed site down, which cost us nothing. Exactly. We have our audio editing software down. Which is also free. Which was free. So it's now working really nice for our budget budget at the moment. This is now where we have to do the crossover and have to invest a bit of money into the actual podcast itself. Exactly. Because so, you can't just record off your phone, right? Like you mm -hmm. can with that app or with that website that I gave you, you can actually download its app and record it directly from your phone. But the audio quality from most phone microphones is terrible. So you probably don't really want to do that. <laughs> Unless you're in a pinch. And exactly. If, if you have ideas that need to get out, by all means, a phone that will record, it just you have to understand that a phone microphone is very sensitive and will pick up the environment around. So you'll want to make sure that when you're doing any sort of recording, you've got a very quiet space so it the audio really kind of enhances and and does justice to your voice. Have you ever heard of uh, Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast? I have, yes. So he actually, that's exactly how he actually started. He was at airports just recording off his phone, uh, just about shit that made him mad, or stuff that uh, just grinded his gears or whatever, and he would just complain about it to the internet, and lo and behold, now he has an actual recording studio, he has an actual podcast, he actually, I think he runs two or three now, like he's he's on it. But that's so, actually how we started. So you really don't need much. <laughs> no, not at all. So I don't, anyone listening that if you're interested in doing a podcast, don't let the, the tech side of it hold you up. Because if you've got an idea and you have a cell phone with a recording ability to it, everything else is free. You can have your podcast up in no time for nothing. Now, 
as you, as the evolution of a podcast go, you obviously listen to yourself in the recording process. I know for myself, it was really strange listening to my voice recorded afterwards after the fact. Yes. I'll warn everyone. It will take you about five episodes. At least, at least some people more. (laughs) Right. Our co-host Matt still hasn't listened because he hates the sound of his voice that much. <laughs> so if you listen to your voice about five episodes or equivalent to about five hours, depending on how long the podcast is. Somewhat. You just, you start to recognize your voice and it doesn't bother you. I've heard, uh, someone was telling me that if you take your hands on both sides of your head and kind of block your ears from the front of your face... That's essentially what you sound like on a recording. So if you wanted to know what you sound like, just kind of block your ears basically from the side and talk. It'll give you a pretty close clue of what you're going to sound like. Interesting. Actually, that's not bad. It isn't. It's it's crazy, hey? It's honestly weird. <laughs> it, it is weird. I didn't know about it. I wish I would have known that before. Because honestly. I would have been able to hear myself better. So if anyone's trying to figure out what you're going to sound like on any sort of recording device, keep your hands flat, put the little finger side to your ears and your palm out the back. Yeah. Palm out the back. Make sure that your ears not cut. You're not covering your ears. You're just blocking the forward sound from hitting it. So the sound of your voice is going to kind of basically reverberate off the walls and come around behind and you'll have the actual sound of what your voice sounds like. Because most people, they hear their voices through like the, the echo and the vibrations mm-hmm. of their vocal cords, which like echo throughout their skull. So you hear your voice with a lot more bass and a lot deeper than you actually are. So when you do that, you can hear it without that reverberation. So you can hear it just kind of with more treble. Yeah, exactly. And it's surprising. I thought I had a really deep sounding voice and I don't. I, I was surprised that I, I sound a lot higher in the treble side than I am. Now, James, you're interested in finding out more of the technical side because that's kind of what you're all about. So what technical side are you looking to kind of unpack? Just uh, the microphone, basically. Like We did just get a new microphone for our podcast. We've been using uh, the, the uh, Blue Snowball mm-hmm. up until now. And uh, what our microphone stand has been has literally been a beer box that is sitting on a ladder behind you with just a square hole cut in it. That box is now retired. It has lasted 34 episodes. It is now retired. Okay. It is now one of our... Uh, training challenges because we have a little um, practice golf turf mat sitting here and we have golf clubs also in this space so we occasionally will be out here and just be practicing chipping shots and now we have that beer box or half a beer box with a hole cut in it as a target yeah. But so now our new mic to... has its own stand, so we don't have to use that anymore. It's a dual-range microphone, so it records from both sides instead of just the one like our old one does. Right. The only uh, issue that we've been having is we have like weird like low-frequency peaks on okay. our on our podcast or on our audio, so we just need to figure that out. But I think uh, we were talking earlier, and you said a mixer might help with that. Yeah, so we'll, we'll unpack that first. I'll talk to the mic aspect of it there, James. 
So this podcast today, because I wanted to kind of keep the flavor of what your podcast sounds like, as well as the flavor of what mine sounds like, we pulled out two different mics. So we've got a condenser mic, which is what you two are talking on right at this point. It's it's situated on a boom stand, kind of dangled between the two of you. It is such a sensitive microphone that it picks up every sound in the room. It's great for recording vocals, for songs, and all of that stuff when you really want to have that very, very um, broad spectrum of sound to be captured. The downside to it is it's so sensitive, you will hear a pin drop on the other end of the room. That is what our new microphone does. <laughs> right. It's a lot more high quality than our old one. Right. And that is, can... it, is that possibly why um, most condenser mics are also in those uh, smaller rooms that have all the soundproofing on the walls? Exactly. Because what you're doing with the soundproofing is you put that foam uh, material on the wall. It absorbs the sound so you're not getting the echo back and it cancels out all of the other noises that might be around. So it's just purely what whatever noise you're making is what's being recorded they're fantastic mics i love them they are really good so that one in front of you is a newer 700 i believe nw 700 yeah you yeah. can see it on the side here yeah <laughs> and it was a cheap mic i financially it wasn't a very expensive microphone what but, is it like 40 50 dollars yeah 40 dollars and it came with like the uh stand to have on it and a um peak filter that you'd put on the boom as well. In right. $40. For uh, a whole set like that. Yeah, easy. on Amazon. It was fantastic. It, you can actually get them for the same price from the actual website of Nior. After you, after we talked, the uh, after I left, or after we recorded your first podcast, uh, I looked on the website and I found pretty much the exact same ones and in different colors and different mm -hmm. styles yeah. and whatever, but they're the same price on the, on the actual website, so I prefer to go there because I think on that on our first recording, I mentioned how I didn't like Bezos, so I didn't want to order off Amazon, so I was going to order from the website itself. <laughs> Absolutely, and so what I like about it is you have options of where you're going to get them, but they're not going to break the bank. It's not a, no. like my brother, my youngest brother, he does a lot of music recording and one of his mics runs him $400. Now, I get it. He he wants the best for what he's doing, but in podcast there's some flexibility. You're exactly. not you're you're looking to record a conversation and not create a piece of art. Essentially a piece of art even though the conversation is its own art form. Exactly. Now, what I'm speaking on here is a dynamic mic. And the nice part about a dynamic mic is it basically blocks out all the other sounds. It is whatever's in front of it is the only sound it's going to record. Anything behind it is canceled out. It's not as sensitive because it uses uh, coils in it to record the sound where the condenser mic uses a diaphragm. So the diaphragm is very, very sensitive to right. any vibration. When you're dealing with coils, they're not nearly as sensitive and there's it's forgiving for external noises. It sounds more studio-like when you're in a space like the garage here that you use a dynamic mic because any of the you guys on your coffee table in front of you uh, striking the lighter or putting something down wouldn't be nearly as loud and as sharp on a dynamic mic than a condenser mic. 
which I've learned via research uh, later on, because you sw made the switch from condenser to dynamic as well. Yes. And I could hear it very audibly in your podcast. It sounds way better with the dynamic, because the condenser almost sounded like you were speaking into a cup. Right. You know, that's how I made the analogy, versus the, the uh, dynamic sounds like you're just speaking normally. Now, when you say that you're speaking into a cup, it's not that it was recording poorly or capturing no, the sound of poorly. Not. What you have to understand is we were sitting in a 10 by 10 room that it had nothing on the walls and it had a very echoey feel to it. It had hardwood floors, nothing on the walls to break the sound, nothing on the roof to break the sound either. It was just this perfect shell of a room that reverberated sound so well that you're right. It sounds like you're basically speaking into a cup. Now, when you use a, dyna a dynamic mic in that same environment, it sounds rich and full only to whoever's speaking into the microphone. So that's something you guys might look for. The dynamic mics I get got from newer as well. I like their products. They're affordable. Uh, they Good quality. They are good qual quality. I was quite impressed by them. Uh, the microphone, these microphones here are, again, $35 or so. Again, very reasonably priced. Very high reviews on Amazon. I did look at the reviews while I was researching to see maybe, you know, people had issues with them. No, there's like 90% of them are four or five star reviews. So they're yeah. good mics. So that's something you guys could definitely look at. I picked up the boom mics or the boom stands here that we're using today uh, that ha hold the microphones. I picked those up on... <laughs> Jesse's favorite site, Amazon, as well. <laughs> you can actually get the entire setup for like the uh, four-in-one with the uh, filter, the microphone, the arm, like everything. Okay. So, uh, see, I never even considered taking a look at the website, so I'm gonna have to uh, go and take a look at it because there's a couple more things I'd like to expand my podcast technically on. So, uh, with these here, uh, they it was a pack of two for forty dollars. So you got two boom stand mics or two boom stands to hold your microphones for $40. Great deal, uh, took no time to arrive. Uh, and they, They're compactable, so you can put them in your little case and take them with you. Yeah, so the nice part about that, when you guys are sitting around in a circle like that, you could have your microphones essentially all in the center and them kind of out from there, and you guys could arrange yourselves in a circle, if that's how you want to do the podcast, with a lot of flexibility. Oh, yeah. That's what I was hoping to do, honestly. But because I don't have online transactions, I have to get a prepaid visa in order mm -hmm. to order things online. So, But I, that's exactly what I was thinking, was getting three or four different dynamic microphones with stands or table clamps or something, uh, having them all like right beside you because that way you can do your thing, right? Uh, you know, to strike the lighter and light your smoke or your mm -hmm. or whatever, and uh, you there won't be a lack of audio quality because of that because the mic is right there with you, right? right? Yeah. And then we also need a mixer or a USB interface or okay. some sort of audio board. <laughs> okay, so th that's perfect. So I have two uh, audio mixers that I use. So the first one, the main one I had, I bought twenty years ago. When I was out at film school thinking I was definitely going to use this thing, it literally sat in the box for 20 years, never once used it until I got into podcasting when I recognized there, I happened to have the tool sitting there. That one there, that mixer that I use at home was fairly expensive at the time. But then again, the technology wasn't it's, where right, it's It's come a long way since then. Right. 
Uh, so now, oops, pardon me, as I break the place. <laughs> now that chair's old. Don't worry about it. <laughs> now I use a two-channel mixer for the on-road version because I wasn't anticipating having multiple people when I go and travel. If I do, I have to consider using the condenser mic, which then it creates a challenge, but it still creates a nice conversation that I can record. So I've got this two channel mixer. What you're wanting to look for when you're dealing with any sort of mixers is that you have the ability to adjust the high frequency, the low frequency, and the mid range frequency. It will allow the podcast when you go to record it to sound truer to the person's voice and they won't have a hard time listening to it. It's, it'll be very professional quality. The gain dial on there allows you to adjust the volume of the audio track significantly. A little turn on the dial is big volume increases or decreases. Right. And then you've got the slider that will do the fine tuning of the adjustment. I find I like having a mixer that way so I can physically adjust everything. But I also record everything onto a Tascam DR40. It's a small little recording device that has the ability to kind of slide in an SD card. It's perfect because that SD card then can get transferred over to the computer. You can edit it all up. If you don't have the mixer, you can adjust all your levels specifically on the Tascams because the Tascam actually is essentially a small compact digital mixer. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't technically need the mixer when I am doing this podcast. I just like the mixer because everything plugs in. You need phantom power for running the microphones because they do require a power source that is uh, provided through the mixer. You have that flexibility with dials to change everything on the fly as you need to. And then your Tascam records everything with a high resolution quality. It's very professional sounding. So that's kind of been my setup and it's worked well and quite flexible. It all kind of fits into a basically an oversized briefcase. Yeah, it looks like uh, basically a poker set case if you've ever seen those, except it's a lot wider. <laughs> yeah, so, so I believe it's about 6 inches wide by 18 inches wide, or sorry, 6... Six inches deep, 18 inches wide by probably 14 inches long. Something like that. And it all kind of just kind of packs in there nicely. So the biggest expense to the whole thing is actually that Tascam recorder. That will, so I've got the DR40 and that runs me, that ran me $250 approximately Canadian. But from the mixer, can you run directly or record from your mics to the actual computer? Yeah, absolutely you can. So you can definitely get the cables to patch into your computer and enter in through your microphone jack. The downside that I had when I was doing that on my end is I didn't have a Tascam to start with. I ended up borrowing a friend's to experiment uh, with the idea of, is this something I'd actually like to invest in? Sure enough, it was. I, before this, I was running everything directly to the computer, and I noticed that when I was trying to record in stereo, so I sound like I'm sitting on the left side of you and you guys are sitting on the right side of the audience, Yeah. Uh, I had to record everything in mono because the moment I recorded anything in stereo, it was almost, it was, I don't know if it was, it didn't have the ability to record for a long period of time, I was getting these kind of snapping 
sounds at the anytime there was a noise made there would be a snap at the end of it once i kind of cleared five minutes right but if i recorded in mono it was perfect it was clear it was wonderful i know you guys record in mono it sounds very clear but it's the stereo part that is the problem that with the recording for audacity that's really what prompted me to start recording externally Right, and then using the uh, Tascam to uh, import the audio file to your computer. Yeah. And now I, I'm sure everyone heard the door creak as we were busy talking. That was my wife, Margaret, kind of peeking in to see where we're at regarding the podcast. What I do love about it is you can hear everything with having a condenser mic. And I know uh, my buddy grant jennings who does the music for the podcast here we've talked about doing kind of a bit of a series on the patio during the summer that we'd spend like a friday night or whatever a routine friday night kind of similar how you guys sit down friday evenings to record your podcast kind of doing a deck session and him be the host of that but i was thinking that i'd love to record it when there was a rain or or some some environmental noise happening that's soothing that having that the ability to use a condenser mic to capture that sound mixed with the dynamic mics i think would lend itself to a very rich recording yeah if you do balance like the uh the dynamic or the sorry the condenser with the uh ambiance i'll say uh you kind of make that like a background noise to the overall conversation that you've recorded with the dynamic it could actually sound very clean almost like a like a like you've already put the tr- like a preset track behind the podcast, but it's you you it, it is, but it's your recording. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so I think you guys are on the right track. That the first investment you guys made was you kind of bought a condenser mic. Yeah, it records everything. You guys can sit around in a circle. It records well. Uh, from here, I would expand on that and probably invest in getting a mixer first. Until you have a mixer, you having other microphones sit around is not really going to help you get the mixer in. The nice part about what the mixer can do is I was able to plug my cell phone into the mixer and phone out when we were all on lockdown in Alberta here, instead of just kind of giving up and thinking, well, I'm not going to be able to have these conversations with friends, family, colleagues, uh, people that I, in the community that I find inspirational that, I wasn't limited. I could make a phone call out. I know I've got a phone call coming up in future episodes to Spain and Texas. Wow. So I'm really looking forward to how having that mixer just opens up the world. It kind of, it's the key that will unlock a lot of possibilities for you guys. So if you guys are sitting around and you happen to have like a seven or an eight channel mixer, you could have one of those lines set up for a phone that you could be sitting around and if all of a sudden in the middle of your conversation you thought that it would be kind of cool to bring someone in on a podcast and they were somewhere else and you needed to call them, no problem. That might actually be interesting. We were just looking at, uh, for the moment, just to cut costs, is just uh, just get a four-channel mixer, right? Because we only have three or at max four people. And if we have three, then we still have that open line for that if we wanted but then we have the fourth uh, input for the last person that would be you know, featuring. Right, there's a five channel mixer. So I bought the two channel mixer, I really like it. Uh, and I, it definitely lends itself to a more intimate type of conversation where there's only two of you and maybe a phone call, it, it would work. 
what I'm looking at is actually kind of upgrading my Rode mixer to a five channel mixer because I'm sitting here with you two. There's now three of us on a conversation. And two microphones between us. Right. And so you just have to kind of understand that you you would rather invest the money into the possibility of allowing more to happen than going small and just kind of covering your bare minimum. Right. So for me, that was a learning curve. Fortunately, uh, I've got a passive income that comes in to help subsidize some of my expenses on my podcast. You guys, that's something that you guys are trying to figure out yourself is how can you generate a bit of income for a podcast? What does that look like? And how could you get that little trickle in effect of money every month or every week that you could start putting towards the equipment yourself? So have you guys thought of some ideas of how you could do that? It's basically just putting money aside, like how you always, like how parents always suggest you put, you know, like 10% of your paycheck aside Mm -hmm. for like savings or whatever. It's basically just using that mentality, but for the podcast. (laughs) Right. Okay. So you guys are kind of, yeah, I I was always told that ideally every time you get paid, you should put 10% of that to yourself and then 10% to tithing. So giving back to the community and then whatever's left over is kind of what you have to work with for the month. So... Again. Another door creak there. <laughs> you guys are busy trying to save up. I know, like, I've kind of thought of it myself that, like, we do, we always get recycling. And I've kind of been looking at the idea of, like, every month I just take my bottles of recycling and put towards, uh, I used to use it for other things, like, more fun right. things and not so business-oriented. But maybe that's something that you guys can look at and see about kind of raising some money through bottle driving. That could be an idea. I might go through with that. We'll definitely think about it. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of finding something that like you can help alleviate some of the costs. And I right. know on episodes, you kind of gave a shout out. And this is something that I don't know much about is you ask for donations. <laughs> it's more so a joke. <laughs> okay. It's we we don't really expect it. It's just funny to uh to uh to joke about it. Like we all, we'll joke about you know starting a GoFundMe or something, but we don't actually mean it. <laughs> or we've jokingly referenced sponsorships and such in the past. But... Well, I know they're a thing, right? So the, this is the fine line that you guys do on your podcast with jokes. Is you think you're actually serious? Like I actually thought you guys were seriously looking for sponsorship. I mean, with our subject matter, I don't know who would actually have the balls to actually give give us a sponsorship. But, I mean, I guess only time will tell. <laughs> we'll have to see. Yeah, well, it, so it caused me to look into it. And I know that the Anchor.fm kind of indicates that there's a area that people obviously can do donations or some sort of investment because there's kind of like a dollar account amount. Right. They uh, Anchor also provides its own sponsorship for pretty much any podcast that uses its platform. Uh, it's not a whole lot, but and it only applies for podcasts in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I really be the only option that we have at the moment. But, right. But for those of you in the U.S. that want, you know, maybe twenty five cents per listen or something like that, then uh, there you go. <laughs> hey, they add up. Like it does. I- I don't know what you guys are at on listens right now. This morning when I left the house, I decided to take a quick look to see where 
where this current episode was at. And so for the 11 episodes I've done, I've got 401 listens. Now, if you were to put 25 cents to that, that's at least a new microphone. Oh, for sure. So definitely things that you could look into and consider the the whole internet world out there with the e-commerce side of it. There's potential to definitely raise some money. I don't know how you are about like the GoFundMe thing. There, there Personally, are people... it, I'd start streaming, like live streaming, and then just receive don- donations from there just because right. I'm entertaining people and providing some sort of service, you know, mm-hmm. and then use that for the podcast. Right. So just lots of options out there that you really can essentially take a podcast anywhere. The remarkable part about podcasting is if you've got any sort of project on the go that you feel that the world should be aware of, it's a great opportunity to sit down, kind of explain what's happening on your end and the power to collaborate with others kind of unfolds as you point people in that direction that they can listen to what what you're trying to do, what you're working on. It might resonate with your audience enough that you all of a sudden have a lot of people that are willing to help out and it's it's remarkable. So guys, it's been an absolute pleasure sitting here and chatting with you in your nothing in particular studio space. I look forward to doing this again sometime. Yeah, we, we do as well. Thank you for, for coming over here and bringing all of your fancy equipment. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking maybe this summer we could do another one because we always do family camp that it would be kind of fun to maybe sit, set one up uh, at a campsite and have the crackle of a fire going and us us sitting around and just talking about... Matt and I actually had that same idea. Nice. Like we were talking about taking our podcast on the road, but like literally doing it on the road while we are driving, like in the car and everything. Okay, so there's some technical things that you'd have to think of. How are you going to set up your microphones that they're not going to impede your vision and your mobility as you're driving the car? It would be no different than you just visiting, so I don't see a problem there. It would just make sure that when you're setting everything up that it's not going to fall over and right. get in your way. That's the Figuring out the logistics of it is the only thing that we really need to figure out because we know that we can take our microphone and put it in a spot that you know won't be uh, impeding uh, the driving ability. We have a laptop that we can that we can plug into like the uh, like the cigarette lighter mm-hmm. or the AC adapter or whatever. Like you can with like, an inverter. Yeah, you can put a little inverter in there and plug in the laptop, and then you can plug in the microphone to the laptop and then just record directly that way because you only need the one right, and it's mm-hmm. in a very enclosed space. So I think it might work out pretty good. Well, I look forward to seeing and or more so listening to the evolution of your podcast. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Everyone, this has been Unchained Inspiration. It's an outlet. I'm back here next week. This is Reese 7 signing out. Have a good one, guys. Keep your heads up and keep your sticks on the ice. Jennings.